Welcome into the Inside Scoop live taping. You guys know the show will air every Monday around 9.30 a.m. And then on Thursdays, we're going live, 1 p.m. Central. We will be live on Thursdays right here. Thank you for joining me. Let's get into the show. Today, we're going to tell you who won the month of August on the recruiting trail, and it might surprise you. DJ Lagway went crazy in week one. We're going to break it all down. But first, we're going to talk about a five-star prospect announcing his decision here in 24 hours. Louisiana five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley comes off the board Friday at 3.30 p.m. Central. Let's bring on Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas to break it down. Jerry, we got finalists of Ohio State, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. Five teams made the final cut, but I'm asking you, who truly has a shot at landing his commitment on Friday? Yeah, I'm with Texas A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma. Uh, look, those three were the ones coming out of the June official visits. And I think close to home, as these decisions get closer, they become more impactful, right, as staying close to home. So I, I, I really believe Dominic's going to announce out of A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma on Friday. All right. So Texas has a fight on their hands, though. Oklahoma, Texas A&M, they're not going to be easy to take down. What's the latest intel on Dominic McKinley as we're 24 hours out? Yeah, I think when kids set that date, right, then the pressure really amps up of recruiting. All, all the teams know, okay, this is when P Prospect is going to announce. And for Dominic, it's at 3.30 tomorrow to Katyana High School. Uh, so then it, it's become really about academics um, and about how, how comfortable he feels in town city mm -hmm. and at universities uh, that's really what this is coming down to i think within the circle there could be some differing opinions as there are, always are in this recruitment right now the question is 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 he gonna stay really close to home within driving distance for his mom with his brother darius being a 2026 prospect and having two seasons of friday night football left or will he go up to norman which is a little tougher travel on a saturday morning uh for a family i think that's what it's really coming down to right now and i think dominic's having to weigh all that in his mind uh coming down to this decision tomorrow now you said this is what it's coming down to right now lsu has landed eight out of the top 10 recruits in the state of louisiana this cycle now the top two are dominic mckinley and wardell mack they didn't land wardell mack he committed to the gators Dominic McKinley, though, looks like he is also going to head out of state. Do we need to be concerned about LSU down the stretch, or is this one conceded that he's just not going to stay in state? Yeah, I think Dominic McKinley's been headed that direction for a while, right? But they don't sign till December, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow to Katie Ann is being treated like a commitment ceremony, not a signing. Uh, so LSU won't walk away. Frank Wilson doesn't walk away from top, top prospects in the state of Louisiana. Uh, but this one has been headed out of state for a while. They didn't get mm -hmm. the June official visit. They snuck in that July 27th unofficial visit. But not getting that June official visit, I think even LSU knew they were behind in this recruitment. But from the LSU perspective, this recruitment goes until December. And the, whoever wins for Demo, uh, Dominic McKinley tomorrow under, fully understands that. All right. Speaking of December decisions, five-star cornerback Kobe Black out of Waco Connolly High School has alluded to potentially a December decision. You buying that? No, I'm not buying that one, Josh. Uh, look, I, I think it sounds great. 
in theory, starting out the recruiting process, wanting to announce at the all-star games and take this until signing day in December, right. an early graduate. But uh, look at how many of these decisions have peeled from that and ended up being August, September decisions. I, I think Kobe Black, look, he's got an official visit scheduled to LSU September 9th. Um, I, I don't think this one goes uh, much late September, maybe early October is my guess. And I think Texas has a pretty healthy lead over A&M right now headed into September. All right, let's say that September OV to LSU sticks and he makes it. Does Texas need to fight back and get him on campus before he makes his decision? Yeah, well, September 16th would be a weekend. Texas has a number of visitors, Ryan Wingo, Danny Okoye, some 2025s have already confirmed they'll be in Austin that weekend. So that would be the weekend you're looking for for Texas coming off that Alabama uh, game, the next home game after Alabama. That's when Texas is looking to get a number of their top targets on campus, and Kobe Black would be one of those they're hoping to get on campus. Is that going to be the first big visit weekend? I know Wardell Mack is expected to be in town for week one, but – is that kind of shaping up to be Texas's big visit weekend, at least for the first quarter of the season? Yeah, it's September 17th. Uh, you know, that that Texas-Rice game, 2.30, it's going to be 1,000 degrees, right? Um, <laughs> I think that September 17th game coming off Alabama, uh, obviously Texas fans are hoping that's a win over Alabama. Uh, not an easy task in Tuscaloosa at night, ask anybody since 2015. But that is the first big weekend for Texas. Uh, and then maybe September 30th is another one you look at when Kansas comes to town. All right, so you mentioned Ryan Wingo would be in town. Who else are they trying to get on campus that weekend? Yeah, Danny Coye uh, is scheduled to be in Austin uh, September 16th. He goes to Oklahoma officially yeah. this weekend. He's also got Tennessee scheduled on the 30th. But Danny Okoye is the other big name right now. Then you're going to have a number of 2025s, right, trying to get in that weekend. Modern Day has an off weekend. September 16th, I know Texas is trying to get Jordan Davison and Marcus Harris back on campus. That has not been confirmed. That's a little bit more of a travel issue for families, but they're talking about it. All right. Well, speaking of modern day, this is a great place. This is the, where I'm going to end it with you, Jerry. Brandon Baker, the five-star offensive tackle, is probably going to make a decision here in the next three, four weeks. Where do you think Texas stands as we head into the season? Yeah, I, th I think Texas is a pretty good spot with Brandon Baker right now. Of course, he's going to go to Nebraska September 16th for an official visit. I think that will play into that decision, obviously. The question is, does he get back to Oregon before he makes a decision? It's been a while since he's mm -hmm. been to Oregon. He made the June official visits uh, to Texas, Ohio State, and Georgia. Georgia's not in the mix. It's really Texas, Ohio State, Oregon. We'll see if Nebraska really fights their way in. I think Oregon had a big lead early. I think that's definitely dissipated. I think Texas is in a pretty good spot right now we'll see how this month uh, ends for the Longhorns yeah I agree with you I put in an early spring pick for Brandon Baker to Oregon and while I'm not ready to change my prediction yet I do feel that Texas momentum picking up more and more as it goes on all right Jerry Hamilton thanks for joining us on this first inside scoop live show I'm sure you'll be back on many more thank you looking forward to it Josh Jerry Hamilton from inside Texas. You guys, they do a phenomenal job over there. Bobby Burton, Justin Wells, Jerry Hamilton, and the boys. Go check them out, InsideTexas.com. Also, like and subscribe to the On3 Recruits page. We're here. This is our new home. Join the fun. We're going to be here all season taking you guys through signing day with all the biggest recruiting developments. So do me a favor right now. Subscribe to the On3 Recruits page. All right, football on Friday is back. The five stars are back out playing like five stars. 
And that is exactly what DJ Lagway Gator commitment did in week one. Well, I take that back. He did this in one half. Eight touchdowns total in one half for DJ Lagway. I had a chance to catch up with Charles Power, Director of Scouting and Ranking here at On3, to break down DJ Lagway's week one performance. Florida quarterback commit DJ Lagway had a huge senior season opener, accounting for eight touchdowns, passer over 425 yards, uh, two incompletions. Let's get into the film and break down how Lagway performed. First touchdown to open up the game, uh, Lagway recognizes the blitzer quickly, throws into the blitz, finds an open receiver, uh, a little confusion in the secondary, and it's an easy, quick score for, for Willis. This is the second touchdown pass for DJ Lagway. Really more of a touch pass or handoff on the jet sweep, but an easy score. Third touchdown pass for DJ Lagway, showing off the vertical arms, hits the downfield pass. Really good separation from his receiver. Easy score, uh, but, but Lagway's quick and decisive, gets the ball out, uh, and is not shy in, in pushing the ball downfield, which is what you want to see. Next touchdown, I think, was one of his best throws of the day. All right, let me set the scene. You just woke up, and it feels like you're forgetting something. Oh, you are. Football season is here. It's been a long off season of laying on the beach and throwing the Frisbee. And now football season's here and you can't find tickets. That sounds like a nightmare, but do not let this be the way that you start the season. And that's why I'm here to tell you about game time. It is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the big time matchups. Game time will get you to this year's biggest college football games with elite deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. So don't stress over getting into your favorite team season opener or the biggest rivalry game of the year. There's only so many big games and you need to get these tickets at the best prices. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get flash deals on tickets on all the sports and entertainment events. You can even use game time for concerts. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. So here's what we're going to do. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code inside scoop for $20 off your first purchase. So create an account, use promo code inside scoop for $20 off your next tickets. Terms apply. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Stands in the pocket uh, with, with, with bodies around him, takes contact and delivers a strike over the middle of the tight end, throws it on his inside shoulder where only he can catch it uh, on the other side of the safety. Really nice throw, and I think that's a, a translatable play for DJ Lagway. The next touchdown, he shows off the downfield arm again. Senses a little pressure up the middle, slides to his left and, and, and lets it fly. Quick trigger, really throws it before the receiver separated. Even though the DB falls down here, I think this was a good throw and, and one that he puts some air under it and lets his receiver run under it for, for a long score. Next touchdown is a quick one-on-one -on -one, uh, touch pass, jump ball, if you will, in, in, in the end zone. Lagway gets it out quick. Really pretty good coverage from the DB here, although he doesn't turn around, but, but Lagway throws it where only his receiver can catch it, sticks it on him. Nice play by the receiver going up to high point and, and winning the, in, in the jump ball, but nice throw by Lagway, a really nice score there. So the next score is 
uh, more of a traditional drop back pass, uh, hits the slot receiver over the middle, bounces off the safety, runs through the arm tackle of the other safety and, and runs in a nice play with the ball in his hands. Last touchdown, this is DJ Lagway showing off his improvisational ability, his ability to deliver off platform, rolls to his left, quickly flicks it to the receiver, sitting underneath. The receiver makes a great play after, after the catch, weaving through the secondary, breaking multiple tackles. Good improvisational ability from Lagway. This is something we've seen from him often, and a great play by the receiver. Two more plays we, we like to see from Lagway. Really nice timing on, on a back shoulder route, showing good chemistry with his receiver. Throws it while the receiver's covered. You can tell they practice this play a lot, but, but good touch and timing from Lagway. And then a, a really nice vision and, and feel on this, on this keeper. Reads the defensive end well, also has pressure in his face, quickly, quickly jukes the defensive lineman and gets down before he takes contact. So a few closing thoughts on DJ Lagway's dominant performance in week one. I think this is exactly what you want to see from the Florida quarterback. He had a great week one as a junior as well. And I think the biggest thing that we want to see is just continued consistency as he progresses through his senior season. But I think you have to be really pleased with what you saw. Quick decision making, playing confident, moving around, uh, pushing the ball downfield. We know he has some of the best physical, if not the best physical attributes at the position in 2024. So I think the biggest thing with Lagway is maintaining this consistency, building the momentum in his senior year, playing fast, playing confident, and continuing to deliver, deliver accurate throws to all levels of the field. That's what we saw in, in week one. We'll see if he can, can continue to build on that throughout the season, but a great first showing from DJ Lagway. Thank you, Charles. An exciting performance in week one. I'm sure Gator fans got to be excited. All right, let's bring on Sam Spiegelman, national recruiting analyst here at On3. I want to talk a little bit more about DJ Lagway's performance. Sam, DJ Lagway, great quarterback, also a great recruiter. We've seen it this offseason. What is it about DJ Lagway's personality that lends him being one of the best recruit recruiters in the country? Well, I think you just heard Charles talk about it. What do you have, seven or eight touchdowns in the first half of his week one game? I mean, if you're a wide receiver, an offensive tackle, or running back, would you not want to be on the same offense as a playmaking quarterback like DJ Lagway, the, the future of Florida football? But um, I've talked about this at length with, with not only you, Josh, I got the chance to talk about this with Keith Niebuhr at Gators Online recently. DJ Lagway is, is he's one, he's, he's an extraordinary athlete. I think, you know, he, his skill set is beyond comprehension when you really look at what he's done over the last four years and what he's starting to do as a senior. But as a person, I think he's, he's transcendent. He has an infectious personality. Um, he, he not only loves the game of football, but he's the kind of quarterback that I think excites, you know, his teammates to go out on Friday nights and in big games, cause you know, you can depend on your quarterback and he's going to give it all you got, um, while you're on the field. And I think away from the field, he's calm, cool, collected. Um, you know, he kind of soaks in the moment. He kind of looks at everything through a really positive lens. And I think that that kind of, you know, optimism and spirituality is just infectious. So I think that mm -hmm. Florida fans are, you know, they really loved watching Anthony Richardson and, and we think the world of DJ Lagway here at on three. And I think they're really going to really enjoy the ride with DJ being their, their leader all, away from the field and in the locker room too. Yeah. And Sam, you've gotten an up close and personal look at DJ Lagway through the years. You spend a lot of time in the state of Texas so much that you're actually moving to Texas in the next couple of weeks. But what's one of the biggest improvements you've seen from Lagway on the field over the last two, three years that you've been covering him? 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's not only that he absorbs the offense, but he is he's the timing of of his th- of his rhythm and his throws. What we saw, I know it's a short sample size of last week, but you know, I got to watch him again over the summer over the summer at Elite 11 and really during spring practice, my biggest takeaway was was when he is in a rhythm, he his ball placement not only downfield we know that he has an incredibly strong arm but his ball placement and timing with his receivers in the middle of the field outside the numbers on the short and intermediate throws in particular has drastically improved that is you know going to be the biggest obstacle as he makes the transition from willis high school 6a football in texas to the sec playing in the swamp in gainesville is going to be the speed of the game and being able to attack different layers of the defense um you know people want to say that he's raw but it's a really hard task and he's been playing for he's been starting rather for three years and i think as his senior season because we saw little glimpses of it last year we saw how productive he was but what you saw on on friday night last week was him you know thinking and dunking a part of defense making uh throws just in the rest where his receivers can get them um, threading the needle consistently and, and doing it in all parts of the field. That's the kind of progression you want to see from DJ Lagway. And we saw just a tip of the iceberg week one. I'm excited when we look at the the full body of, of work at the end of the regular season and if they make it to the playoffs. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, to see a, a performance like that, eight touchdowns first half, you got to be excited about the start that DJ Lagway is off to. And We're going to do a feature like this every Thursday with Charles. So this week, though, that DJ Lagway stat line just jumped off the page and we had to feature him. All right, we're going to move on to August winners. But before I do that, everybody watching, your recruiting fans, you're going to want to be a member, a subscriber to the On3 Recruits page. Remember to just hit that button. We're going to be here every Monday and we're going to be live on Thursday. So check us out here at the Inside Scoop. All right, August It was another big month for commitments, well over 100 in the last 30 days. This is about half the number of recruits that committed in June or July, but still a big number. Today, I'm going to tell you who won the month of August on the recruiting trail. But Sam, I see two storylines here. One is there's two teams that I spotted that quote unquote won the month. The other one is there's five teams that signed a five-star plus recruit this month. Now, the five teams didn't really sign it or didn't get a commitment. Sorry, not signed, but didn't receive a commitment from many other commits. But they did sign a five-star plus recruit. And a five-star plus recruit, what is a plus recruit? That's when all four recruiting services rate a prospect as a five-star. So these are basically consensus five stars. And look where they landed. Williams, Winery, Missouri, Colin Simmons, Texas, David Stone, Oklahoma, KJ Bolden to FSU and Dylan Stewart to South Carolina, all in the month of August. Lots of commitments here, Sam. Which of these was the biggest surprise to you? I don't know if you would call it a surprise, but I think Williams, Nawari to Missouri ended up being, I mean, he's a number one player in the on three. It was a surprise. It was a surprise out-of-state lean for for a good chunk of his recruitment and we saw just so many different teams fluctuating at the top but josh we talk about this all the time the proof is you can tell a lot with where recruits visit the timing of those visits and you can never discount the home state team when they get a little bit of momentum and that's exactly what we saw we saw missouri beat out competition in the form of oklahoma tennessee georgia, georgia. These are these are not, you know, beating out, you know, Kent State, no offense to them, but these are major players in the college football power 
uh, spectrum. And they came in from behind and closed the gap quickly. And as Missouri and, and Eli Drinkwich look toward the future, they have a major building block. And he's from their home state, which is which is only going to help them with the rest of the state, which is very talented this year. Yeah. And if anybody says they weren't surprised by Williams Winery landing at Mizzou are lying. I mean, yeah, sure. In the last 48 hours, there was a lot of buzz and, and recruiting experts were were saying that it was going to be Missouri. But for the six, seven, eight, 24 months before that, everybody figured it would be Oklahoma and Mizzou pulls it out in the end. So we're going to get to Ryan Wingo on another show, but they could be in line for another one. Um, SEC recruiting, very strong. If you look at that list, it's all SEC except for one team, and that's Florida State. How big of a win was it for the Knowles to land the number one safety in the country, K.J. Bolden, over Georgia and Auburn earlier this month? Yeah, if uh, if Williams Nwery wasn't my choice, K.J. Bolden was certainly what I was thinking about in the 30 minutes leading into this live uh, <laughs> show is – what a, I mean, again, we're talking about the competition beating out schools like Auburn and Georgia and, and Florida State is, you know, a lot of schools, a lot of high profile recruits will say, oh, you know, this was my dream school. Well, for K.J. Bolden, that turned out to be the biggest factor in the end. We know that he was a top priority for schools like Georgia and Ohio State and Auburn and Alabama. The list goes on and on. He is the number one safety in the country. And in today's college football world, the safety can be a, an answer to an elite pass catcher and a run game all in one if you have the right defensive coordinator calling the shots. And Mike Norvell and the Seminoles, I think that they're recruiting on a different clip than they have in at least half a decade, maybe even more. You now look at a secondary for, for Coach Norvell and Pat Sertan in his first year that includes commitments from two five-stars and Charles Lester and K.J. Bolden. That's the in-state big target and the out-of-state big target. And the way the Florida State recruited, I don't think that we've seen them recruit at this clip in some time. And I think that speaks volumes about not only the season that they're going to have this year, but what, what to expect from this program moving forward. Yeah. And then we got five-star plus edge Dylan Stewart committing to South Carolina. Now, last cycle, Shane Beamer shocked the country by landing Nicholas Harbor on the February signing day. He doesn't have to wait that long to land his second five-star, and that is Dylan Stewart, a big shocker. Now, South Carolina, they're not done battling. They got Daniel Hill, four-star running back out of Mississippi in their sights. Only problem is they're competing against Alabama for him. Do you like South Carolina in this head-to-head -head battle against Alabama for Daniel Hill? I certainly did like South Carolina for a good portion of uh, the spring. And then as as his August 22nd commitment neared, um, I still liked where Shane Beamer and, and Montario Hardesty and the Gamecocks stood. The fact that Daniel Hill, after, you know, he's he's been going through this recruiting process for two or three years very intensely. Mm -hmm. And he not only had a busy June, but made his way back to Tuscaloosa in July. The fact that he was able to delay his decision, I think, speaks volumes about how hard Robert Gillespie and, and Nick Saban have come. The Tide have always been staples in this Mississippi running backs recruitment. Delaying this is only going to open up the doors for another visit back to Tuscaloosa and Alabama's missed on a couple of their running back targets. And I think I've said it on the inside scoop. They're not going to keep missing and they're going to kind of drive home <laughs> on the guys that they want. And Daniel Hill is certainly on that list, Josh. All right, Sam. Well, now let's talk about who actually won the month of August in recruiting. Speaking of August winners, inside scoop fans, listen up. I need to tell you about these bird dog shorts that I've been wearing. Bird dogs were the big August winner for me because I live in Nashville, Tennessee. It's hot here. And I wear my bird dogs for a couple months. I love them. I wear them when I go to work. I've been wearing them golfing. So, of course, when I went on vacation to Florida, I wore them. And let me tell you, it gets swampy down in Florida. 
It gets swampy down there, if you know what I mean. But Bird Dogs has a great cloud knit fabric that looks just like a nice pair of khakis, but way more flexible. And most importantly, it keeps you cool and dry, even when you're on vacation down in that Florida swamp. So here's what we're going to do. Go to birddogs.com forward slash Josh or enter promo code Josh for a Bird Dogs tech hat with your order. Look at this. I got one right here. I wear it golfing. I wear it to the beach. It feels great. It's very light. It's a bird dog. What can I say? So go to birddogs.com forward slash Josh or promo code Josh for a free bird dogs hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Back to August winners. Let's start with my runner up. Ole Miss started the month ranked 29th, 30th. I think they were ranked 30th at one point, but currently after the month that they had, ranked number 21, they landed defensive lineman Cam Franklin, quarterback Trevor Jackson, wide receiver Noriel White, wide receiver Sanfrisco McGee, and tight end Dylan Hip. They get prospects all across the board. Now, Cam Franklin was definitely the statement win for Ole Miss, landing him over Miami and Auburn, especially late. This looked like it was trending toward Auburn. It looked like it was trending toward Miami. I think he made six visits to Miami just this offseason, but Ole Miss lands him in the end. It was a huge recruitment and also a major statement for Lane Kiffin. But Sam, Ole Miss is looking for playmakers as well on offense, and they got a pair of committed to them in August. What do you think about Trevor Jackson and Noriel White and what they can do for the Ole Miss offense? Yeah, well, you know, Lane Kiffin likes to go at a high tempo and sling it around the yard. And Trevor Jackson done it at a, a really incredible clip this entire offseason. It was kind of a big riser in the rankings over the spring and then after the summer. And Lane Kiffin wasting no time trying to fill that void. He's the he's the quarterback hunter and he doesn't waste any time. So I love that. And I think the statement here is Norreal White. Obviously, he's an in-state wide receiver, an in-state four-star wide receiver. And he committed to Arkansas so early in this process, and it made it a, a serious uphill climb. Um, after he committed elsewhere in the SEC, not only Ole Miss, but Mississippi State became a major threat for Norreal White. Um, it kind of came as a surprise when he reopened his process so early, but Ole Miss was was constantly putting in the work behind the scenes. So you talked about a really big August with getting their their big in-state defensive tackle, but they also landed one of their top guys in in the pass catching board, and they all they have a very Mississippi heavy yeah. group of pass catchers. But it's a really you know it's like a basketball crew of receivers that that now Trevor Jackson has at his disposal. So if you're an Ole Miss fan, you got to be really excited about the talent on that roster, especially not only with Cam Franklin on defense, but really on the offensive side of the ball and Lane Kiffin. Yeah, it is getting excited, and I like the fact that the foundation of this class is built from in-state prospects. I think that says a lot for the direction Ole Miss could head into the season. But my question to you is, you know, the finishing 30th is unacceptable at Ole Miss in recruiting. Finishing around the top 20 is probably expected. But what can Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss team do to get up into that top 15, maybe even knocking on the door of a top 10 class? What do they need to do this season to, to achieve that? Yeah, I mean, listen, like you said, they, they're they building a really nice fence around the state. That's kind of been the, the direction of, of not only programs across the country, but for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin staff in, in particular, um, you know, they have a chance to kind of they've been dominating in-state recruiting. Look at how they finished with with Suntorian Perkins last year, who's going to be an impact player on this defense. And you bring in someone like Pete Golding to basically recruit for the defense and you have Lane Kiffin and his and his staff on offense. 
Um, I think they they if they have the season that they, that they expect, which is supposed to be one of the the better offenses in the SEC, and a chance to make waves on defense to be more involved in these close games and try to close it with defense down the end. If they do that. They're going to have some some reinforcements recruiting. They're recruiting really well in state. They're going to take that to a national level, maybe a regional level, getting outside the state and dipping into places like Texas, like Louisiana, and also Georgia and Florida, as they have in the past. All right. Now on to the winner of the month of August. The winner of the month of August in recruiting is UCF. Look at this. Jalen Hayward, who was committed to Georgia to start the month, ends up, uh, well, he decommitted. It wasn't a flip. He decommitted for a week or two, commits to UCF. They also land running back Frankie Arthur, wide receiver Brudell Richardson, wide receiver Day-Day Farmer, and wide receiver Jordan Bridgewater. Jalen Hayward, though, committing to UCF over Miami after decommitting from UGA. I think, you know, not as big of a shock as maybe Williams-Winary, but... A big shock nonetheless. They get their highest rated commitment ever in Jalen Hayward. He's the number seven ranked safety in the country, 108 overall, but chooses UCF over Miami. He's from Rockledge High School. He's visited the Canes a bunch, but I think I overlooked that late official visit to UCF, and I guess that was enough, but Jalen Hayward's a huge pickup. Speaking of overlooking, I did not see the move that UCF made coming at the running back position. The Knights landed Stacey Gage, one of the best backs in Florida in June. Then they go out in August into the state of Texas and land Frankie Arthur. He's ranked about 100 spots higher than even Stacey Gage. So how is UCF able to do this to go into Texas and land Arthur? Also, you've seen a lot of him. How good is he? He's a really good back, and I think he could play in any conference in the country. You know, largely he was being recruited by Big 12 schools. Kansas, TCU are all really hard on Frankie Arthur. I mean, I was when I was by Conroe Oak Ridge this spring, you know, it was it was just starting to pick up. Oregon was among his first offers. Um, and Carlos Lachlan, if you know the running back coach at Oregon, yeah. he doesn't it's not a, it's not a, 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 cra a crazy offer to offer him Frankie Arthur. He can do it all. He's a big bodied running back. And, you know, you think about the power and, and downhill running style of Stacey Gage with Frankie Arthur. Again, it's that same tough downhill physical running style, but he's also really dynamic with the ball in his hands in space. And it seems like UCF, like you said, the getting Jalen Hayward speaks volumes and then going to get a running back on the other side of the ball from the state of Texas. They're recruiting at a national level at UCF, which as they make that conference leap, these are the kind of resources you need. Yeah. So speaking of that, is this move to the Big 12 kind of the boost that UCF needed? Is that why, why we're seeing results on the recruiting trail? Yeah, of, of course. I think that when you can play in a conference that you know is going to be featured on primetime TV week in and week out and play for an offensive minded coach like Coach Malzahn and I mean, listen, UCF has historically, maybe as a as a group of five team, has has had, you know, in, incredible success. But now the chance to do that in a in a bigger, broader conference, I mean, that's going to give them a national spotlight, which I think they've 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 certainly deserved over the past 10 plus years. And now they have a chance to kind of soak up and, and thrive in that in that area. UCF wins the month of august now of course we know everybody don't leave the comments that winning one month means everything we know it doesn't mean anything everything this is just something fun that we do but it's also fun to look back at sam look at this so ucf wins august fsu won july uf won june uga won may we've only been doing this for four months but Maybe, you know, I, we talk a lot about the big three in Florida. It might be the big four in Florida, dare I say. 
Yeah, when is when is Miami's turn? I mean, come on, Josh. I mean, we we, we know we you know, know Miami had their chance. This <laughs> could did. have been Miami's month because if they land Cam Franklin, if they land Colin Simmons, if they land D- David Stone or any combination, two of those three, then they probably do win the month of August. But instead, it's UCF winning the month of August. Let me know in the comments section who you thought won the month. All right, Sam. Thank you for joining us on this first live show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Josh. And thank you for everybody that stuck around. Remember to subscribe to the On3 Recruits page. We're going to be doing this every Monday at about 9.30 a.m. on Mondays. Then on Thursday, we go live 1 p.m. Central. Love to have you here. Thank you guys for watching.